Welcome to the Story of My Life conversation series. My name is Kat Short, and I'm the founder of Tell Your Damn Story. The guiding word for this project is suffuse. Suffuse means to gradually spread through or over, and its origin is the Latin words sub fundura, meaning to pour into or pour from below. My intention with these conversations is to gradually pour more honesty and authenticity into the online space through candid and unstructured storytelling. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's go. My next conversation is with Shirin Eskandani. I met Shirin in 2019 while we were both preparing and leading a women's empowerment retreat with 109 World in Zion, Utah. Shirin is an intuitive, classically trained opera singer and what she describes as a life alchemist. She is a certified life coach and founder of Wholehearted Coaching, where she helps women shed destructive narratives, open themselves up to alignment, and learn to listen to the still small voice within. This conversation seriously felt like a Sunday morning cup of hot tea, and her warmth is a true gift to me and so many others. Enjoy. Shirin, thank you so much for joining me today. I, um, when I was thinking of a list of women to reach out to for this uh, project, you were at the top of the list. And I just, I haven't seen you since August, since we were in Zion together, which feels like a completely different lifetime. Um, <laughs> but it's just so wonderful to see your face and to get to share this conversation with you. And um, and I've I've just been noticing. I know that your business has been predominantly online um, with wholehearted coaching for, for since, since the inception, is that right? Yeah. yeah since the beginning. Okay. How has like, I know you had to kind of pivot with going um, to an actual retreat and I'm sure that was pretty devastating, but also I'm, I'm just really inspired by the way that you're kind of shifting to a more online experience for that. Like how, how has the process been of just where we're at right now in the world for you? As a yeah. I have been incredibly lucky um, that my business, the way it was set up, has just always been remote. It's always been online. So when it comes to like the day-to-day workings of my business, that hasn't changed a lot. But as you said, um, I had planned for my very, very first like solo retreat, international retreat. Um, It was supposed to be happening in July 2020 in San Miguel de Allende. And it's funny, like I think everyone can kind of relate to this, but as this pandemic has progressed, it's like, you know, it started off as, oh, it's like not our problem. Like this is, it's, it's in Asia. It's not, it's not. And then it like slowly started to heighten. And even when it, you know, in March, when this all happened, I was like, yeah, of course, like July, that'll be fine. And slowly, you know, it's like, no, that's, that's not, that's not a thing. It's not happening. (laughs) So I, I, um, you know, of course I was really devastated and sad because I was looking forward to that. I know a lot of the people who had signed up for it were looking forward to it, but, um, I've really been thinking about this idea of how chaos can bring so much clarity Mm. to our lives. Um, and I'm finding that within my own life, I find that with conversation with friends, but also clients of how, you know, this pandemic, has forced us to really face a lot of the realities in our personal and professional lives. And it's also forced us to pivot and to really actually embrace what letting go and not having control really means, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, this is what I have been learning about and teaching about 
for so many years. So this is when we get to put it in practice, which is not always easy to do. (laughs) But it's been a beautiful shift of taking everything that I was kind of planning to do at this retreat. And now I'm making it an online experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'm like, maybe it was supposed to be like this all along, mm-hmm. you know, um, because what's flowing from me and what's, what I'm creating feels so good and easy. Um, and if people are listening who have business, their own businesses, while you may be passionate about your business, sometimes, you know, in that creative process, flow can be a hard thing to, you know, attain, but I'm finding I'm, I'm really in flow. And so, so yeah, so now everything's moving online and, um, you know, processing the sadness and the grief, um, but also kind of pivoting and, and really being so grateful that I can pivot. And also kind of, I've had moments where I'm like, wow, there's so much, um, creativity. And, um, I think like ingeniousness, that's not a word, <laughs> like in- ingenuity, ingenuity. That's the word, right? And so, you know, so that's just kind of been the process for me right now. Mm, I love that. And it's, it's, it's the inner compass, um, retreat, right? And so it's tapping into your your inner core, your intuition. Oh, I love that so much. I, I think in this, during this time I was in, I was in Mexico city in the middle of March when, um, right when Trump closed travel from Europe Mm. and it it hadn't really hit in Mexico city. And so we were still, my friends and I were still pretty, pretty buffered from it. And we were kind of just like, what is, what is happening? And it just really felt real at that moment of just like, are we going to be able to get back into the country? (laughs) So this is a real thing now. Yeah. Like you said, it's like, it's not some, in some far off place. It's now like at our doorstep. Um, and I think I think what surprised me most about this whole experience is how much I used like moving to different spaces and um, and constantly being in motion to kind of run away from some of the more intense parts of myself that I didn't want to sit with. And it's taken I think I think it's taken like the full almost two months um, of of like wishing I could go out and do things and travel and then like moving from different rooms in my house and then like, you know, like going for long drives. And and then I went through like a running phase where I was just running all the time and like literally running away from myself. Um, and, and now I think I've finally found this like odd sense of um, at homeness and stillness with myself and it's very uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. it's, it's been really surprising to watch that happen. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I think you know, this has unearthed for me so many things that I thought I had made peace with or, you know, that I, that I was, you know, things that I knew I was aware of, oh, these are my little areas that are my trigger points, um, the places I like to run to and find comfort in, um, and really having to face that. I think for me, how that's manifested is over the past year or so I've been undoing a lot of beliefs when it comes to what my body should look like and Mm -hmm. you know what health is and how diet culture is such a big part of our all our lives you know and how to undo the grip it has on us and so this has been such a kind of illuminating time of having to really be with my body um and be in a space where like there is my kitchen I'm, I, I can, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I'm thankful for the, um, the fact that I'm forced to finally deal with this and, and be with this. Um, but yeah, I'd rather not. (laughs) (laughs) 
just, you know, I'm good. So yeah. So that for me has been my area that I've been really sinking into is around movement and body and food. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. Mm. Yeah. How have your, how have your I, cause you have, okay. So you have, um, your partner and then you have another roommate. How has your, has your ritual changed like your daily ritual or is it, has it kind of stayed the same? So right now I've been saying like ritual and routine are saving my life. Yeah. <laughs> like I think having consistency um and and I think again like control right our need for control cannot be satiated in many ways right now and not that I'm saying like I'm controlling things with a firm grip but to just have a sense of certainty in certain things and knowing that I can be certain in myself and so if I set up a routine or a habit if I can be consistent with it it just makes me feel a little more grounded and at peace you know not again with a vice grip I can be flexible so um but also taking into account, there's two other people who are sharing the space. We live in Brooklyn, New York, so we don't have a huge, huge space to work with. Um, but I always, I actually tend to wake up earlier than everyone. So I do my morning routine, which involves a little bit of reading and meditating and journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, something that we have done within the house is we've made like Wednesdays are our takeout night. And movie night. Um, Sundays we do a big family dinner, which I cook and I always try like a new recipe that I've always wanted to try. And so there are things that we really look forward to in the week. Right. And I, I really try to make the weekend feel like a weekend. Um, if you have your own business, you know, the, that your work can seep into the weekend very easily. And so I've really kind of, um, made that like a, like, no, that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, and actually having done these things, I was just telling my husband the other day, I'm like, I really want to keep these things beyond this time um, of, of really intentionally having the weekend be just for me and us and having a Sunday dinner. And, you know, it's weird. There's so much time and, and I'm loving that. You know, I miss my friends. I miss going out. But I'm actually really loving all the extra time I get to do nothing or everything, you know? Totally. Oh, my gosh. Yes snaps to all of that. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel so the same. I live, I live alone, alone with my dog bear. Um, and it's, and it's, that's been really good. And I think it's, um, it's kind of, I, I feel like I have more of a social life now than I did before, <laughs> which is, I'm an introvert. It's kind of funny, but it's, um, like I look at my, like my calendar on my computer and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have, I'm talking to so many people. This is great. <laughs> like, um, and you, you don't really have an excuse for not, there's no traffic. Like you, right. You, know, you, you, you show up to the zoom meeting. Right. <laughs> so no, I actually had to put like a, um, cause I was just on calls all the time, especially when this first happened. Cause I think we were all in shock, but, uh, so now I have like, it's like, two calls on a Saturday and Sunday and one call during the weekday, which, which are like not for work or something. Cause I was just getting like out of flow. I was more social than I've ever been. You're absolutely right. Girl, you gotta, you gotta get your life together. This no, no, not right now. No, I can't be staring at the computer. Even though I'm talking to people, I can't be doing this all, all, all day, every day. Right. Um, exactly. I've been thinking a lot about like like what are some of the things that I really, that I've learned that I want to take with me whenever we kind of go back to some semblance of normalcy. And one of them is, um, it's really surprised me actually, is that I, um, I like actually, I work better when I can work Tuesday through Friday and not on Monday. Mm -hmm. And 
I never knew that about myself. And it's, there's something about Monday when everybody's kind of like diving into their emails that just feels like very heavy for me. And so I've started taking that day off pretty much, or that's the day when I kind of plan out my week. And it's, there's, there's like such peacefulness in that for me. And it's, it's not really something I gave myself permission to do before. Um, which has been very surprising. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I was on a group Zoom call and one of the women was saying, you know, um, giving myself permission to rest has been so revolutionary during this time. And she's like, I'm, you know, it just resonated so much with me that permission to not do and to permission to just be. Yeah. Which I think is women... Uh, and particularly this was, this was a group for women of color, um, is a really hard thing to do because I think it's been so ingrained in us that our value in the world is shown through productivity mm-hmm. and to go against that, especially right now when I think, oh, gosh, we're all trying to seek some level of comfort and control in some way. And whether that's through productivity, whether that's through our bodies, whether that's through, um, whatever it could be. Um, it's, it's just, it's been very illuminating for me to allow myself to rest more and allow myself to just be more. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Especially living in New York. I feel like that's like, it's compounded there. Just the, um, the movement of it all, just the fast pacedness. Do you love New York? Do you love living there? I do love New York, um, but it's weird. It's not the New York it used to be, right? So like I was, you know, one of the reasons I've stayed in New York for so long, I moved here, uh, oh my gosh, 15 years ago uh, this summer. That's so long. I did not expect to stay here that long. Oh gosh. Um, But I moved here 15 years ago for school thinking I'd be here just for a couple of years. And I stayed because it's just a wonderful city. And I think if you're somebody who right, loves connection and networking and being able to do anything at any time. It's great, but that's not happening now. And, and um, I'm like this, you know, it, there's a high price to play, pay for being in New York as well. It's not just the price of like rent, but it's, it can be a very exhausting city. It can be a very exhausting city. Um, so I do love New York. I'm very sad about what's happening to New York right now. And I wonder what's going to be on the other side of this for many cities that are, you know, vast, densely populated, um, that are predominantly based on tour, like there's tourism, business, all these things. So I'm, I am worried about it, but I I do love the city. Yeah. 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 It's an amazing city. I, how are you dealing with like, like the heartbreak of it all, you know? When it comes to COVID, um, I, there's just, I think it's moving with the waves. You know, some days I'm sure you find this, there's more grief and sadness. And then some days there's hope. Um, what I keep saying to everyone is, you know, with clients, I think right now we're in this, I keep telling them, you know, we're in this place of unknown, right? And the unknown is a place we will find ourselves often. You know, we had the unknown before COVID during COVID and after COVID. But with the unknown, it's like there's two options. We can either step into the fear of uncertainty or lean into like that precipice of possibility. Mm. And neither is, you know, better or whatever, but it's like really being cognizant of where you're at on which day and how to nurture that and how to be with that on whatever day you're at, you know? And so 
Yeah, there's a uh, there's a whole lot of grief. I've been watching. Um, John Krasinski's been doing this great. Have you watched it? Some oh, good news. Good news. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the one with Hamilton. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we watch it. Like, there's a new one. I'm like, oh my god, some good news. We have to watch it. But I just watched the one with prom, mm. and it's funny because I'm Canadian. We didn't have prom, and I'm just like, what is this? Like this American <laughs> tradition. What prom? is prom? Oh my gosh. We have prom, but it's like not the same. It's like Thanksgiving. Like we have Thanksgiving, <laughs> but it's like not the same. <laughs> but I was watching these kids, and it really like I think it hit me so hard that everyone right now, everywhere globally is missing out on something really important to them. Mm. And like, there is this collective grief and sadness that we all are working through and all of it's valid, all of it's important. Um, and I think what's really important, um, Brene Brown talks about this idea of comparative suffering of, mm. of not diminishing your pain because there are other people who are in more pain. Mm. Right? And I think that's something that if you are someone who's holding space for a lot of people can be hard to do where you're like, oh, I'm sad about this, but like, I don't deserve to be sad, you know? Mm. So I'm working through that. Yeah. Of allowing myself to feel sad and be sad. Mm. Yeah. I've noticed too that um, I, I, was, I went for a run the other day and all of a sudden I just had this welling of grief around my grandmother who passed away um, mm. almost two years now, two years ago now. And it was so funny. It was just so real. It was like it had happened yesterday. And I think it was just like in experiencing the grief of, of all of this loss, it has kind of unearthed some of the parts of grief that I think were stuck inside of me. And I, I don't know if that's true for other people, but it was, it was really surprising to me. I like sat on, on a park bench and just kind of let it come to me. And it was, um, I, I don't think I'd experienced that level of grief ar- around her death mm. at that moment. And it's just like, I feel grateful for that. And also it just kind of like, it kind of scared me because I'm like, well, what else is in there? <laughs> what, else, what else haven't I processed through, you know? <laughs> Where did this come from? Um, I don't know. Have you ever read any of um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work? Mm-hmm. So he... Um, he, he has, you can watch his videos and he has his like programs and all this stuff. And I don't agree with everything he says, but, um, there's one book I've read of his called breaking the habit of being you, which I would really recommend. But there was this part where he talks about how, you know, the body and the mind are so incredibly intelligent. And when we experience a trauma, um, the, the mind is like, okay, this is the trauma, like whether that's your, your grandmother passing and the body memorizes how that feels. Mm-hmm. And so in the future, whenever our body feels that same feeling, the mind connects it to that memory. Mm-hmm. And so we will find ourselves like not reacting from a place in the present moment, right? Reacting really from a wound or a moment that happened in the past. So it just made me think of that, of how our bodies are feeling similar feelings to a lot of intense trauma. Like I know I, I definitely felt that too. I I grew up um, in the middle in Iran and I was raised during the war and my family immigrated to Canada. And so this especially has brought up so much stuff that I know is my body is like in 1987, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like it is, it's, it's not now. And I, and, and really tending to and being present with that is, whew, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. It's almost like somatic memory or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. 
I'm going to, I'm going to have to write down that book, the name of that book. Yeah. It's great. Breaking the habit of being you. Hold on, I'm write that down. Um, what, how has your, how has, um, your relationship, has it changed, um, with your husband, like in this time or is it, you, you two have, have just, I, I'm just endlessly inspired by your relationship all the time. Mm. It's, it seems so free and open and just like, um, humorous and like very loving. And I mean, I, 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 I just see it on, you know, social media and, um, and the, the things that you do on there, but it's, um, I, I've been thinking about the two of you and just like how, what the beautiful thing you've built up to this place and just wondering if it has changed or shifted or deepened or. Yeah. This has been like, the, this is a terrible thing, but this has been the best thing ever. <laughs> Because we love to spend time together and it's just been beautiful. Like, you know, I'll, I'll work and then I come out and then he's, he's there and we kiss and we hug Mm. or we do something silly and stupid together. And then I go back to work and he goes back to work and, um, really our relationship has, has deepened. We've really, really been enjoying each other's company so much Um, so it actually has been really wonderful for the two of us. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's, we say this and of course realizing that it's not taking the full scope of everything that's happening, but we, we do say like, uh, once this is done, I'm, we keep saying, I'm really going to miss this. Like, I'm going to miss this experience with you. Um, and, and, and we're saying that knowing that like, um, his job is kind of really, we have no idea what's going to happen at the end of this. My husband's a personal trainer. And so who knows when gyms are ever going to open up again. And so we're balancing that thing of, um, extreme gratitude and joy, um, and also real uncertainty and like who the hell knows what's going to happen. And so, yeah, but our relationship has really just deepened and been steady and, and it's a lot of fun. So Mm. I'm very, very grateful for that. Mm. Is he, how's he handling it? Is he, is he still working like online at all or is it, Yeah. So they're, um, his gym, um, they're Mark Fisher fitness. They're doing stuff online now. So they're, he's been doing that online. Um, and actually he's, he's one of the most, he goes down rabbit holes, but like really educational rabbit holes. Like I'll, I'll be, I'll come to the living room and I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm reading like Socrates, like treatise on, I'm like, what are you like? What? And he'll be doing it for hours. He's, his rabbit holes are not like mine, which is like going down a Kardashian rabbit hole. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's a normal rabbit hole, Raj. Like, what do you do? But no, um, so he's, he's a very, like, I, I learn, um, presence from that man. Mm. And I learn like just really navigating what you have now, right? Like the knowledge you have now, the moment you have now, that's all we can really be mm. navigating. Right. And he's so good at that. Whereas I'm always like future, future, future. And he brings me back to the present. So that's been great. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's how we've been kind of dealing with this. How did you two meet? Cause you've been together for quite a long time. Right? We actually haven't. So <laughs> we are going to be, it's, it's, we have a very, uh, interesting, um, story. So we will be in October. So we're recording this in April, right? Mm-hmm. This is April. Uh, in October, <laughs> we'll be celebrating three years of just dating. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and okay. <laughs> yeah, we got married 
in January of 2019. Um, so we were just a little bit, oh yeah. So we, so I, so, okay. When I turned 30, I just went into this tailspin when it came around dating. Mm. I was like, oh my God, I'm 30. I need to get married. And I started making real like decisions out of uh, scarcity and fear mm. and settling. And I was making some really bad decisions and dating people that really just weren't for me. And so I kind of, God, the story goes, and I will give a very quick summation of it, that I was, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was that I was dating uh, this guy that was a drug dealer. Oh, God. And I had no idea. Oh, no. I was dating this guy for, we were together for six months. And yeah. And then I found out, like I, I went to the job that he was supposed to have and like everyone there was like, we don't know who this person is. Like they've never worked here. Oh my gosh. And I knew from day one, something was up, but he was like, he was a very nice guy. Very sweet. Very, he treated me very well, but there was something always off. And, uh, and I, my intuition Mm. I always knew something was off, but I just didn't want to listen to it because I was like, but he's so nice. He loves me. Um, and, and so the thing that really broke the camel's back was that it wasn't that he was a drug dealer. It wasn't that he was lying to me. It was that I stayed with him for an extra month after that, because I was just like, but he loves me. I don't know if I'm going to find someone. And I snapped out of that. Like I snapped out of that. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not this is not the person you are, right? Like, um, and this is not the person you should be with. And so that's when I decided to work with a coach and it was a coach around love and relationships. Mm -hmm. And she really helped me kind of undo a lot of the, um, beliefs, the scarcity, the fear, all that stuff that came around dating and the process of dating became so much easier mm -hmm. and it became more fun. And I started meeting guys who were just really incredible. And I say that, that I started working with her, but I didn't meet Raj until like three years after our work together. So like people think the turnaround was like fast. It wasn't, but the process to Raj was really enjoyable. It wasn't like dating was before where it was difficult and everything seemed like it was personal. Like if a guy ghosted me, it was about me and mm. it wasn't that process anymore. And I will say, so Raj, what's really interesting is that I had seen a picture of him on Facebook in 2013 because the gym that he works at now, I used to go there and he was friends with someone there. And I saw his picture on Facebook and I was like, oh my God, he's so cute. I Facebook stalked him as one does. <laughs> and I realized he lived in Boston at the time. And I was like this close to messaging him and being like, hey, like you're cute. Let a, I don't know. Let's hang out. And I was like, oh my God, that is the worst thing. Don't do that. But a voice inside me, Kat, I swear to God, this really clear voice said, don't worry. You're going to date this guy. You're going to date this guy. And then I completely forgot about him. I completely forgot about Raj. And then, and even during that process of being with that coach, I forgot about him. And then in 2017, I was on Instagram and his picture popped up again. And I was like, Oh yeah, this guy. And I realized he had moved to New York and was working at the gym now. And so I contacted someone at the gym through Instagram DMS and was like, Hey, do you remember me? Do you know this guy? What's his deal? Can you set up a date with us? And 
she exchanged numbers for us and we started dating. And what's funny about Raj is that when I was dating Raj, I was also dating another guy. Mm. And this guy was like, I was like, this is my guy. This guy was super handsome, was British. Oh my he, like, yeah, he like worked at the UN <laughs> and Raj and I went on our first date and like Raj is always Raj. So he shows up in shorts, and like a <laughs> unicorn shirt. And I'm like, okay, like this guy's hot. He's funny. But like, what is this? This is not a man. This is not how a man appears on a date. And that's all my own stuff. also like bubbling up. And this piece of advice that my coach had given me was um, allow someone to show you who they are. Because mm. I was always dating people's potential. I wasn't dating the human in front of me. Mm. And Raj consistently showed me what a wonderful human he was. And um, we started dating in July, but we, we, are, we don't say that our official start date, it's, it's in October. Because that's when I realized, I was like, oh, shoot, this is the guy for me. Mm-hmm. So that's our convoluted story. But, um, but then when we started dating, it was just we knew and we got married pretty soon after. And he's just the best. He really is. Oh my gosh. Thank you for telling me that story. I love, oh, I love love stories. And that one is so beautiful. <laughs> Have you, like, I love that your intuition, like, knew what was up, like, years before you did. Has that happened to you before, like, in other ways? It only happened, like, this clear, like a clear voice. Only one other time. And so when I moved to New York, um, I was an opera singer. I was an opera singer for, like, 10 plus years. And I had an audition in, like, again, around the same time, 2014, 2013, to possibly sing at the Met, the Metropolitan Opera. Yeah. And I sang that audition. and. I didn't get it, but a voice inside said, don't worry. Like this wasn't it. You're going to sing at the Met. And I did in 2017, I sang at the Met. So that's only been the two times that I've had a clear voice, you know, but, but definitely my intuition speaking to me all the time. Like that instance with the guy who was doing some, you know, not so good things. Like I knew from day one, there was something up, but like, we often don't want to listen to that voice because it asks us to do things that are like, that are scary, that are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, like I would rather be dating this guy than alone. So just, you know, whatever, just shut up, shut up intuition. Totally. You know, wildly inconvenient. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh man, do I have to? <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> it's like, uh, so a lot of the work that I do is around, you know, like really strengthening intuition. And we all, we all, all know what we're supposed to do, what we want to do, but we're running away from it because our intuition asks us to do uncomfortable things, unconventional things, scary things. And, you know, eventually we have to listen to it right? Eventually it catches up with us. And hopefully catching up with us doesn't mean that, you know, physically we start to feel it or, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what ends up happening, right? That somatic stuff, our bodies, the issues are in our tissues. Like if we're not listening to us, what was that? The issues are in our tissues. I love that. (laughs) I I did not, I did not coin that. Um, but it's true, right? Like the issues are in our tissues. And so we, we cannot outsmart our inner wisdom. Like we just can't, we can't, we can't. I I had this. Um, so uh, February of this year was, 
it was just a really, I think January and February were really stressful months for me. I was like, I, I had kind of like, I was, I was feeling kind of unhappy with my business and just like, like the trajectory of things and like some of the clients I'd been working with, they weren't, they ended up not being very aligned with what I wanted to do. And I was just feeling really discouraged. And like, I started, you know, those like 3am wake up with panic feelings. And I, I had those like three nights in a row. And the third night I was just so worried about work and money and uh, purpose and all these things. And I like, and I had a moment like that where I, I like, I was like, what would happen if I just like, I closed my eyes and meditated and kind of just like, just took a breather through this. And I like closed my eyes, like let some of the anxiety wash down and wash away a little bit. And, um, and I just kind of like sat there in silence and this, and it was my voice. And this Mm -hmm. is only like the second or third time this has happened in my life too, but it was my voice saying, and it was just like a little, like almost a, almost a sentence prompt, but it was like, um, all it said was to the writer who isn't writing. And I was like, and all of a sudden, like my whole body, the anxiety went away. And I was just like, what would I want to say to the writer who isn't writing? And I like, and I woke up the next morning and, and kind of like, I listened to it and I I was like, you know, I think I would want them to feel supported and they would want them to have an online community and guided prompts. And I created this whole thing before COVID happened. And it's so funny because like, I... I didn't really, I was kind of like, this seems crazy. Like I'm a, I, I know I'm a storytelling coach, but still like, like mm. writer who isn't writing, like I, who am I to like lead people to write, you know? Mm. Um, and it's just so interesting how that happens sometimes. People are like, did you know that COVID was coming? And I was like, no, I definitely <laughs> didn't trust me on this one. No idea. No, but my body knew something that I didn't, um, you know? Oh, there's such, I love that story so much because we, we think we know what's best for us, you know? Um, and, and sometimes we will will our future, our destiny into these really small boxes, mm-hmm. you know, when we're actually just supposed to like go with it. You know, it's like, you know, like I always say like, yes, take steps one, two, and three, but like the universe is going to show you an incredible step seven, eight, and nine that you don't even know if you're just open to that. And so I love, love, love how you just let that kind of flow to you. Thanks. Thank you. And it's almost like, it's like a, it's like, I think, I think identity is so important and knowing who you are. And sometimes it can really be a curse too. You know, it can be very confining of like, this is me, this isn't me. And it's like, um, and it's, I think that's one of the scariest things is to, to at least entertain the possibility that like, maybe we're not this thing that we thought we were for the last 10 years, you know? I'm not that okay, but oh, girl, yes, yes, <laughs> um, yes. I want to be um, mindful of time, but I started this project with the intent to um, the word for this is suffuse and um, to kind of pour something a little bit more unstructured and honest into the online space, and um, and so I I like to ask at the end, just um, and it doesn't have to be perfectly formed, but um, for the people listening to this, um, what is something that you would like to suffuse or pour into the world as it is right now um, and to pour into our listeners and to me? I think what I would love to suffuse right now is that when it comes to your life, you always know best, mm-hmm. which really comes back to that intuition piece. Um, 
we know where we will thrive and we will know how we will thrive. We know that. And it's all this stuff we've packed onto ourselves that other people have packed onto us that stops us from listening to ourselves. But like you did, if we get really quiet, if we really allow ourselves to speak to ourselves, we know the way. We know the way. And so really that's that's my one thing that I would love for us all to know is that you know best. You always know best when it comes to your life. Yeah. Mm, I love that so much. And I, I just adore you. I'm so grateful that you took the time to talk to me today. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for having me, Kat. You are really one of my favorites. You have just such an incredible light and wisdom. And I'm just so incredibly grateful to be part of this beautiful, beautiful project. Thank you so much. And I hope that someday in the future, I will be able to come to New York and see you in person again. (laughs) Yes, we will. And hopefully I'll be able to come to your neck of the woods. Oh my goodness. Yes, we will. We will manifest that for sure. I would love that. Thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. (laughs) Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for joining me today for this installment of the Story of My Life conversation series. If you or someone you know would like to share a conversation with me, please email me at kat, K-A-T, at tellyourdamnstory.com. Until next time, story on.